Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Stapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. It is September 24th. We got plenty to talk about tonight from WWE No Mercy. Going to talk about uh, the Flow Slam situation a little bit, the Evolve situation a little bit, WWN, and I'll briefly touch on Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, as well as uh, New Japan Destruction. We got a lot of stuff over at Fightful.com right now. Uh, had a lot of exclusives break this weekend. An email that Gabe Sapolsky, uh, Evolve's booker, sent to his talent kind of giving them some tips about what WWE is looking for and what they what they do and don't want. William Regal also responded to that email that was uh, leaked by Fightful. That's up on the site. Also, Flow Slam, WWN, they're suing each other's asses. That's all going down, too. We got uh, articles from our interview with Davari and Ken Anderson, uh, Frank Trigg, all kinds of stuff over there. Head over to Fightful.com. Also, on the Fightful.com forums, head over to our boxing section where I accidentally posted the contest. We have a forum contest going. Very simple. Just requires you to post a topic, then go over to that contest thread, click Entered. Uh, also, I would encourage you guys to subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, all that good stuff. Turn your notifications on. Uh, without further ado, I am joined by Fightful.com associate editor Alex Pawlowski. Alex, how you doing? Well, I decided to switch allegiances. I've been yeah, a WWE guy <laughs> for years, and now I think I got to go with Impact because that's where the big boys play uh, and where the booking. When did when you buy? When did you buy the Iron On kit? Because I know you didn't pay money for that. Uh, this no, this came in the um, what, what, brown what, bag. Special. The brown bag special I got months ago. <laughs> I decided to break it out for the occasion. It's a nice. It's tie dye. For some reason, because oh, so, you know, you know, when you wore that on, I was like, you know what, that's not a bad looking shirt. I know, and but it then is. But it I is. didn't see it from <laughs> that level, yeah, so it's bad. It is bad in shirt. fact a bad looking shirt. Bad like shirt. <clears throat> they they were like, you know, what if Earthquake designed an Impact Wrestling shirt? <laughs> that's what it would be. Uh-huh. Earthquake had a little bit of news about him. There was a user on Reddit who had posted this photo of. Big Show visiting his dad's wrestling school 
16 years ago, didn't even bother to say, yeah, my dad's earthquake until somebody asked him. But right. I saw that this week. That was kind of cool. Also joined by Anna Bauert, who I had to ask today, Anna, you still going to be able to do these shows? Why is that, Anna? Time zones. Uh, it's a little earlier here than on the other side of the country. Um, 6 a.m. wake up to, to cover this show. But you know what? It's, it's all worth it. I don't know if I'll be saying that come WrestleMania or Friday and wake up and seven to eight hours of watching, but it's it's worth it. Yeah. I think. Oh man. Now you know how I feel when I used to I used to cover those New Japan shows, man. It sucks. It sucks. There was one time I covered it was the John Jones Daniel Cormier first fight. So that was a huge fight. And then two and a half hours later was Wrestle Kingdom, the first one ever broadcast in America on pay per view. So that was that was a killer. That was like a 14-hour night, but we got plenty of stuff to talk about right now. Uh, guys, if you wouldn't mind, leave us a thumbs up. All that good stuff. Of course, FightfulPods.com. All that cool stuff. Support Fightful.com that way. I ain't got to throw plugs into the middle of the show. WWE No Mercy, it kicked off with uh, Apollo Crews and Elias. We'll get into that before I, have, I, I unleash my other notes. Alex, me and you were particularly kind of looking forward to this match. Apollo Crews, always looking for that guy that maybe he can break out with as an opponent. Elias has shown, like, drastic improvement. It wasn't there for me. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I, I don't know how much they were really allowing him to work. I mean, they were doing, like, deep arm drags for six minutes. Like, it just, it just What's wrong didn't... with deep arm drags? I'd rather a deep arm drag than a shallow one. That's, that's true. Uh, I also prefer my arm drags nice and deep, but... yeah. Not for six minutes. Like, it was just get it over with, guys. Come on. We got work in the morning. So I'm talking like full-on the steamboat scale. <laughs> uh, um, I, I, listen, I have always liked Apollo Crews in the ring. There's never given me anything to do to make you care whether or not he wins or loses. Uh, and Elias has been stellar since being on the main roster. So, yeah, I had high hopes, too. It was fine, but, you know, for a, for a random um, – kickoff match that to my to my knowledge these guys never interacted before this match so there was nothing to build it up uh it was fine uh i i hope that elias continues to feud with titus worldwide and just writes really mean songs about them (laughs) to the fool on our youtube chat saying that sean is crazy for thinking that earthquake is big show's dad I didn't say that. I said a Reddit user <laughs> said that the big show came to his dad's wrestling school opening 16 years ago. The Reddit poster's dad was Earthquake. John the Big Tenta. Show's dad's wrestling the, school. The Shark. Uh, you know, Avalanche. Everybody knows that Big Show's dad died tragically in 1999 and had his funeral ruined by the Big Boss Man. Everybody knows that. Duh. Anna, what did you think about this kickoff match, Elias versus Apollo Crews? I thought it delivered for the spot it was given. These two guys, they're slowly, well, Elias, they're slowly building up. Um, Apollo is always delivered athletically and technically in the ring. With Titus Worldwide, he's now got a bit more of a personality to work with. And I don't know, I, of course, I want to see more for these guys but I think given the spot that they were in it's kind of a perfect place for them to be right now and to hopefully build upon I don't know if that's the case for Apollo but definitely for Elias 
and that man is a beast. It it occurred to me how big he actually is at the Sydney show, but watching him walk away from the ring tonight, all I could hear was well, Bruce Pritchard's impression of Vince in my head of him just going, look at those abs, look at him. It just, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like the talking heads being forced to shoehorn in the WrestleMania caliber. We got about 50 of those. Yeah, yeah. All night it. long. WrestleMania caliber. We get it, man. Is anyone watching this show who doesn't think that John Cena versus Roman Reigns is a big deal? Like, you have to tell us it's WrestleMania caliber, or don't we already it, get that? It gets to the point. It's like, are you convincing us or yourself? Like, right. it's, <laughs> what are you trying to do? We get it. It's big. Uh, Miz interrupts Kurt Angle backstage and goes off on him, like, not being there for his son's first hookup, which initially I'm like, why the hell would he be there? And then I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know, a segment of Jason Jordan revealing that he was a virgin and he's trying to hook up with Emma since he knows that Emma is somewhat interested in him. And Angle, like, kind of coaching him along could be kind of hilarious. (laughs) Could be kind of hilarious, but... I don't think that's the direction they're going. I don't think that's the way they're going. Neville cuts a really good backstage promo. Really seemed like Enzo was the guy he needed on the mic. But then we get the big news. Asuka is debuting at WWE TLC. Anna, who do you think she faces? Probably Bliss at this point. It's... I'm just very dubious about Asuka being brought up to the main roster in general. And that's definitely nothing to do with her. It's more to do with how the hell they're going to book her. I just, at this point, have no faith that they're going to do a good job with her. Listen, they turned the king of strong style into the artist. Mm. And then, like, two months later or whatever, how long it's been, they have their champion that nobody likes making fun of his accent. Like... I have I have no faith in what they're going to do with Oscar either. It scares me to death. But un, uh, until they screw it up, I'm still like clapping my hands with glee every time they show that Sun Tzu promo. Even though I'm pretty sure that Vince doesn't realize that she's Japanese and Sun Tzu is Chinese. But you know, whatever. We'll give him a pass. It's all the same, pal. <laughs> Come on. Come on now. They had a Samoan guy playing a Japanese sumo wrestler as their number one heel for a couple of years. You're right. They have an excellent track record of, of using ethnic minorities in the correct way. They had a Samoan playing uh, basically the Iron Sheik's like hand-me-down there. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Uh, Intercontinental Championship, Miz defeated Jason Jordan. The crowd loved the Miz. I tweeted that if you bought two action figures that had nothing to do with one another and traded the accessories, you would get present-day Bo Dallas out of it. That's <laughs> just how it happens. Uh, Miz getting a babyface reaction out of Daniel Bryan's kicks. I don't know what that says about him as a performer, but I don't think it's anything bad at all. Like The fact that he was able to do that is pretty cool. Also, Daniel Bryan has... Just straight up, like, when he took the job as GM, the number of shits that he had given were already, like, negative. The number didn't exist. But somehow, he has found a way to give fewer shits as time goes on, and it's even more impressive. Like, 
He's just straight up tweeting out interviews with Ring of Honor COO saying he's welcome to come there. Like, oh, this is pretty interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool, guys. Cody Rhodes on De- uh, Death Before Dishonor doing the, the yes lock and the yes chance. That guy is one step ahead of the game as well. I'll talk about that later. But back to this match. Crowd is chanting, you suck, at Jason Jordan. Then they chant, who's your daddy at the Miz? Then they chant, this is awesome. I don't know what the hell was on their plate. <laughs> but the match was good. I, well, at least to me, it was good. Crowd goes nuts when Miz cheats to win. <laughs> Jordan had suplexed Bowen to Miz and Axel earlier. And I really like their work together. I really enjoyed all of Jason Jordan's work over the past month until he opens his mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this match, they actually did a lot of these spots at the Sydney show, which maybe that kind of left me with the impression of I love Miz in ring and I absolutely love where he's gotten, but it has gotten to the point where it's like, okay, well, we like, I want to see a new twist on this now. Like, you're going to cheat, cool, but something else. And I maybe I just have that impression, though, because this was basically the match we saw in Sydney, um, first half of it. Yeah, Jason Jordan, he's so technically sound and athletically impressive that he's in the position where he could go either way with face or heel. And that's a great thing for creative because they have the freedom to do whatever, but at the same time, that's a danger zone because unless he tries to stamp some kind of his own personality onto it, this could go horribly wrong. Um, There were a couple of, I don't even know if you guys would get this, Wazaa references. It's like very hype bros-esque. He's been hanging around with Mojo for too long. And they were over the top, but... I liked it because it was some former personality coming out that wasn't just handed to him as your Kurt Angle son all of a sudden. Sure. Um, do Do you think that they that they thought that they could just be like, "Here's a stamp, you're Kurt Angle's son, you're going to be over," or do you think that they expected these these trials and tribulations for the guy? I think so. I think they just wanted to see where this was going to go. Because so far in the booking, nothing really says we are definitely going in this direction with him. And that promo at the end was not like the whole face heel thing has become really blurred recently anyway. But that was definitely not straight up face. And the crowd reactions as well. I They had that spot in Sydney where they were chanting, who's your daddy? And then Miz got on the mic and was like, are you saying that to me or to Jason Jordan? And then he said, or to Bo Dallas, and the crowd still cheered. But it actually did get to the point where I was like, okay, I actually don't know who you're cheering at now, if you like them or not. Because a second ago you're saying Miz sucks, now you're saying, go Miz, who's your daddy? But aside from all that, I thought it was a really great match and a good way to start the show. And I wish the show continues like this. Ah. Listen, you screwed the pooch on this kid, and it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Like, it, like I said this last week or, or on the on the on the on the Raw podcast. If you just have like Daniel Bryan say, "Okay, we're going to trade you. Uh, we want this thing, and, and you can pick anybody." He says, "I want Jason Jordan." And Daniel Bryan's like, "Jason Jordan over everybody? Yeah. Why? He reminds me of me." 
And from then on, you just have Kurt Angle obsessively mentoring Jason Jordan. Like, we don't know why. Jason doesn't know why. And, and he can either get over as a, as a heel because, you know, he's resentful of this thing, or he goes along with it and becomes a zippy. He's more like a surrogate son than a, whoops, I've got a black kid now. That's not going to work out. Like, the, the audience is not going to take that well. Like, I, that's not obviously how I see it, but that's how too many people on social media are presenting it. And I, listen, like, he's so great in the ring. And I have, I have a friend who was in the arena. He says that 90% of the cheers were the, for The Miz. And The Miz is like the ultimate heel. He cheats to win. He's I mean, despicable. You know, like, nothing, I mean, there, there's plenty of coming back from this. I mean, I thought it was going to start with that promo. But it didn't. It exactly. Didn't. Like, there's no word. I don't, I don't know what you it was, say. It was there. Out. It was there on a silver platter. <laughs> and he says, people come out here and they say, Kurt Angle, you suck, Will Miz. I think you're the one who sucks. And I was like, <laughs> oh, where's this going? Then he walked away. <laughs> then he walked away. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like well, oh, the thing is that, going nowhere. Because I heard the "you suck" chants aimed at at Jason, and not ironically yeah. in a loving way. So That's I okay thought, though. like, you I thought it. Right, exactly. I thought he was going to come out and say, you know, my dad comes out here and you chant "you suck." Everyone can tell you really love him, but when you say it to me, it sounds serious. Do you know what I say to you guys? You suck. I, mean, I think he should be delusional and pretend like they affectionately like him, too. That's another thing. Anything but just saying, hey, Miz, <laughs> yeah. you're the one who sucks. That's not I know you one. guys are doing it because you love me. One of those. Like, <laughs> uh, Finn Balor defeated Bray Wyatt. I really, really like this match. But let, let's talk about the real story of the match. Anna, Finn Balor's new gear. What would you think? It was the talk of the show. <laughs> Ballad Club is now sponsored by Fifty Shades of Grey. I didn't have a problem with it. it. Yeah. I liked it. Everybody's wearing black. Good for him. We knew Balor wasn't losing with that new gear, though, Alex. Come on now. No, he certainly was not. Nope. So Bray attacks. The medical team tried to carry Balor off. You all know the drill. In the ring, it starts off with the sister Abigail reversal. Wyatt gets a superplex. I'll say this. WWE's production doesn't do Finn Balor's offense any favors. As I've mentioned a million times, it's all kicks. And... For them being all kicks, he does the kicks very good. He does not need camera trickery to make it look good. He knows how to kick a guy. Um, I do not understand, Alex, why did Finn Balor jump off of the top rope because of the crab walk? Like, <laughs> I'm not in the habit of, like, stomping crabs if I see them out on the beach. But I get the feeling you could do it. Yeah. So... We've already seen Finn no-sell the, you know, spooky spider exorcist walk. But that was when he was painted up like the demon. So the demon's not afraid of it, Sean. But the man is afraid of it. Because the man thinks it's haunted. And there might be ghosts in the crabs. So, like, I just don't understand. Like, his face also, his face up on the top rope of, he should start doing the it dance that I've seen everywhere on Twitter this weekend. It, it was ridiculous that that he reacted that way to the crab walk. He should have 
no sold it up there saying i know that's not real like you're just br bridging hooray for the bridge that's pretty good for a dude your size but guess what i'm gonna stomp you while you're doing that like give him yeah. the coup de gras while he's in there then count him the one two three you're already burying wyatt by having him come out challenge somebody to a to a match because they're not what they say they are man and then lose so what does it matter anymore there was there was rumors going around that Harper and Rowan were going to show up, nah. and then and then <laughs> would force Finn to team with Gallows and Anderson when we get neat. some pretty fire triple threat matches. But instead, we get Finn six with his tag. New, six, yeah, thank, yeah, uh, six man tag matches, and then you you'd have uh, but instead we have Finn in his nice new silver tights, and Bray Wyatt being Bray Wyatt again. Sure. And so I liked the match too. But I don't know where, where either of these guys are after this. There was a sweet coup de gras to the, to the back of Wyatt. That was really, really cool. Uh, I thought they were tearing it up, honestly. Wyatt threw Balor across the ring with a suplex. It was a great use of his size advantage. P pretty outstanding match. I think that Balor's front drop kick, and not just because I hate the move, I just think it's a little anticlimactic for a setup because – Depending on where the guy is, they really got to stretch to make that work, then roll into the spot. Anna, what would you think of the match, and who does Bray try to convince us next that isn't really cool, man? Bray tonight, for me, I don't know if he just reached a new level of crazy or if he just solidified the crazy, but I loved it. He was soaking up that the beatdown before the match in the ring like Sally Field just won the Oscar. And then he was doing all this, these little minor things, like when he didn't put uh, Finn out with the pin, he's like slapping his head, beating himself up. It was just this, it, it was, it got me to the point of not questioning when the projector slides in the ring are coming back. I was actually into this character. And a few people messaged me saying that they want this feud to continue now because Bray did such a great job tonight. Um, and even he sold the backdrop from Ballet into the into the turnbuckle like someone just shot a gun at him. I really like this match. Um, that's pretty much. I mean, there's the same open as the Sydney show as well, which made me think, well, Finn Balor should have learnt by now that he's probably going to get attacked. <laughs> but I don't know. I really hope that they continue on with Bray like this because he actually got over the delusional. Right, right, and yet it's the same result. So I don't have any faith that he's not going to come out tomorrow on Raw and say to, I don't know, R-Truth, I know what's up, R-Truth. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like, who, who's left for him to do that to? He's already gone through gold dust, for crying out loud. Who's left? I'm not as worried about that, though. If he continues on with the delusion, like balls-to-the-wall delusional, he can re-challenge anyone and the winds no, will come back from no. crazy. I'm not, I'm not inviting that as an option, but I'm saying he could possibly do it I mean, and continue on with the delusion. Of their history, maybe. Oh, but God, yep. yep. specifically saying them. But Braun's bulldozing him. Huh. Uh, Raw Tag Team Championship match. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose defeated The Bar, as they are known now. Rollins is taken out early. I thought this was either going to cause or prevent one of those paint-by-numbers tag matches. This was not paint-by-numbers, but there was plenty of 
if you wanted to paint, there was plenty to use in this match. As long as the color was red. Yeah. Big reaction uh, on the swing into the stairs, which led me to think maybe Ambrose should have given that more than a one count before he kicked out because he got his head slung into some steel stairs. Cesaro gets catapulted, and he goes over the buckle, over the actual turnbuckle that keeps it held and then smashes into the post and busts his shit all up. I mean, all over the place. Mm -hmm. So for two minutes, Corey Graves is like, "Uh uh-oh, Cesaro's busted open. Cesaro hit his face on the the post. That catapult really got him. Man, I hope he's okay. Look at him bleed. Damn, his mouth is busted open. You know, maybe we should get somebody out here to check on this cut in Cesaro's mouth. And then Michael Cole goes, oh, wow, look what (laughs) Rollins did to Cesaro. Rollins, who was sitting on the apron, (laughs) like just chilling, watching the thing happen. And Michael Cole, oh, man, no. And Gort Graves is like, yeah, man, been talking about it for a few minutes since, like, (laughs) the Civil War era. I've been talking about it. It's nasty. Alex, your your thoughts when that happened? Uh, Cesaro didn't give a damn, even though he did look a little loopy. He well, yeah, uh, like, <laughs> come on. Uh, if you weren't loopy in that, uh, anyway, listen. I missed the first thing where he actually busted it open. I must have been looking down or whatever. So I saw the blood at the first point when Michael Cole saw it after the kick from Rollins when he was on his knees. And so I was like, oh, crap. Now Bret Hart's going to start talking this week about how Seth Rollins is unsafe. And we had a guy in our mentions, Alex, <laughs> trying to convince us. I know. Playboy, he was on the apron. When, like, and then finally he goes, okay, you're right. I'm like, why did you read me? <laughs> what? He was standing on the apron. That guy really tried. Yep. He really tried. Yep. 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 No, no. Cesaro is Cesaro is a king, man. I cannot believe he because that was early on in that match, and he took like a whole bunch of stuff to the dome after that. Like, so like that must it's just all adrenaline, because like if you see a close-up picture of him afterwards, and his his teeth are like literally just broken, like mm-hmm. there's shards of him in there. He didn't knock him out. Like they're just they're just they're in there. It's gonna be worse. That's even it's, worse for his dental work. Oh, it's bad. It's bad news. But the match goes off the rails for a little bit after this. Uh the crowd loved it, so who gives a damn? If the crowd's mm-hmm. into it, who cares? Cesaro does a push kick into that rebound lariat, which is the best setup I've ever seen. You don't see push kicks like that. It's really an MMA tactic that pro wrestling hasn't picked up a lot, but I like that. Then there's this super power bomb on Ambrose Rollins that doesn't get it done, and the crowd comes unglued. I came unglued at home. They lost it. Uh, (laughs) Rollins and Ambrose get their win. The match stuttered for a little bit after the tooth losing, but I thought it was really good. Anna, what did you think from Cesaro getting busted to uh, the super power bomb to the finish? All that good stuff. I love this match. I don't know if it's just because I have a thing about chaos. Um, control chaos, nice chaos, but they sold the story. They sold everything. And Cesaro just, 
I don't know how the hell he powered through that. From the get-go, when Cesaro swung Ambrose into the steel steps, I had this like small mental process of, oh, but he's way too close to the ring to do... Oh, shit. Okay. You could actually see, though, Ambrose was knocked a little bit loopy because it took him a couple of seconds to sell the shoulder while he blinked himself back to consciousness after he hit the steps. Um, and then even the small thing of John Cohn stepping in to reprimand Cesaro after that spot. I don't think they're ever going to do this for their refs, but like that little bit of personality and command from John Cohn, which should be there, considering his position among the refs. Should always be there. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Um, I also didn't realize that was the spot that he got his teeth knocked out because I had the same thing as Alex. I was distracted at that point because he has a skull on his knee brace or his, his knee pads and the positioning of the skull on Ambrose's head looked like the teeth was eating his head and I was really <laughs> distracted by that. And then I looked up and realized that there was blood pouring everywhere. Um, and good on... Seamus for continuing the dirty play onto Rollins while Cohn was checking on Cesaro. There's just like, those two guys. I'm not going to call them the buyer. I refuse to call them that. Cesaro during this match just completely sold it for me. Their reactions, the reaction to Ambrose kicking out of the pin, just complete shock and disbelief. And I love that they're selling Ambrose as this pain, like energizer bunny thing. People were pissed off that he kicked out of the the throw Rollins onto him. But yeah, they, they kind of set that up enough times that if anyone was to do that, Ambrose could do that because he's to go with the crazy Ambrose, which he's been more like a quirky uncle recently, but that part is still there that in the realm of, you know, disbelief, uh, I can't even remember words escape me right now, sustaining disbelief for pro wrestling, that could work. And I just, I mean, Shazara, man, every match, I just expect them to bring it and it to be hard hitting. And that was literally hard hitting and hats off. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I'm not pissed at Ambrose for kicking out. I just don't think that's a move that anyone should kick out of. I agree. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're if you're good at if you have that move, going from also like Rollins clamber, clambering up to to try and do the Frankensteiner onto onto Cesaro, Cesaro stopping it, white noise, power bomb onto the dude who just took the white noise. That guy who got power bombed onto gets pinned. That's it. Like. So if you have that, if you figured out you guys can do that, save it for a time when that guy gets to take the pin in the match. Offensive because... pain almost killed a man with that move. Not <laughs> offensive yeah. Right, right. So that that's the thing that I was like, I don't, especially because obviously Rollins and Ambrose were booked to win this match. That's just a move that you just don't do unless that pin gets broken up by somebody else. But you never get that that can't get picked, kicked out of. That was the craziest. Kick out! I've I've seen it forever. Um, I get what I, you're saying. I've, I've been watching a lot of indies matches this weekend, so I'm kind of used to that yeah, right yes. now. That's where right. my mind is. And I think that's a lot of people's problem with the indies, is that people have that kind of stuff done to them and then kick out, and it's like, oh, okay, well you're invincible. 
I did is, like the Young Bucks' response to that one time. They said, maybe we're just tougher than everybody else. <laughs> Which I thought was phenomenal. I thought that was a great one. Um, but yeah, this, this match totally delivered like I thought it would. I thought these guys were going to be super great together, and they were. They were, they were great together at SummerSlam, too. Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, there's not. There's no other tag teams on Raw, so yeah. we're probably getting these guys in a TLC match, or you know, there's the thing going around that they're going to bring back. They're actually going to reunite the whole gang. The Shield's getting back together. So the rumor, yeah, the rumor, 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 rumor. That because rumor lately people have been doing that thing where they say, as reported on the Fightful podcast, uh, no rumor, rumor, rumor. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till they start doing that on the list in your boy on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern where somebody messes it up and they're like, coming to Raw is some woman who runs yard to yard taking dumps. And I'm like, oh, that's not what we said. Come on. <laughs> sometimes we, we mix the news stories with the wrestling stories there. I'm waiting for that one to happen. By the way, guys, yeah, tune into the list in your boy Wednesdays at 3 for more of that. For all your mad pooping news. For all your mad pooping news. Uh, the next match was my match of the night, actually. The Raw Women's Championship, Alexa Bliss defeated Bailey, Nia Jax, Emma, Sasha Banks. Emma is going to have an album full of her themes by the end of the year. I think she's on like five now. Um, lots of new gear here. I really liked the, where they did the in-ring entrances or introductions. And then they all did like their signature poses there too. That was kind of cool. That was a new touch. I was hoping for an Emma win, and then I was wanting her to immediately lose to Asuka at TLC under the guise that Asuka had negotiated in a title match. Because why the hell wouldn't she have? Like, how couldn't she have? And then you could maybe even play that into SmackDown where maybe they weren't willing to do that because, you know, Dana Bryan is the work ethic guy. Like, we don't hand anybody title shots, and maybe that causes – a little bit of conflict here and there. Shane McMahon's on edge worrying about Kevin Owens. They have a little disagreement. You could really have played that up, but we'll see. I think Nia Jax is at her absolute best when she's on the move and she has a lot of different people to beat up because so often we see her slam like a Sasha Banks down and she's got that monster aura about her, but she paces back and forth and the camera can't keep up with her. And there's all this stuff like, it's almost like she hasn't adapted to the production yet, but when she's got person over here to crush, person over here to slam, person over here to punch in the face, she works really, really well. Uh, this is prime for her. Uh, shout outs to Corey Graves for mentioning in the match that the guillotine choke is Nia Jax's Achilles heel. That was a good touch. Sasha and Emma threw some duty looking punches at each other. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And really, that was the only bad thing I saw about the match. I thought it worked really well, spot after spot, which is what you would have if five people were fighting each other. The craziest spot, without a doubt, is when they turned Nia Jax into a goddamn lawn chair 
onto the outside and folded her up where her ankles were like touching her corneas. This is a power bomb off the apron. Anna, your reaction to that spot? Yeah. Look, I was just happy that for once, Nia Jax is the one being ragdolled around a little bit. Um, it was it was just a nice, you know, balance, a balance of things. Um, I really loved the two spots where all the women had to get in to get her out. They did one of them at the Sydney show, and it just the collaboration, the way it's choreographed, it's, it all works perfectly, and you know that builds her up extremely, and that's the only way that they could do it. And then she did one herself when she missed someone in the corner and hit the turnbuckle and then kind of just flopped out of the ring. And that was the one I actually thought she died on. Um, I like this match a lot and I'm really glad that Bliss retained because I don't mind the hot potatoing of it, of all these titles, but it does get to the point where it's like, okay, let's change the tide up a little bit. Let's, let's run with this. So hopefully she will keep this for a while and at least until Oscar comes along. To me, the hot potatoing was the Charlotte and Sasha Banks story, and I love that because mm. any week that it happened, you knew some like they they could beat each other any given night. And I thought that was kind of cool. Alex, uh, what'd you think of the Raw Women's Championship match? Uh, match tonight for me too. Uh, these girls put everything into this. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they were aware. They had to have been of the of the crap that was going on on Twitter today. Mm with certain yeah. people who I won't name who are saying awful things about going to be named by anybody any yeah. longer. Nope. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the, um, the thing that I will say is that there are a lot of people who still think that women uh, wrestling, women's wrestling, they don't like watching it. They don't think these women belong uh, to them. I say, get out because it's 2017 now. Uh, and these women proved they belong today. They were all excellent, all, all of them. They're, the spot you mentioned, Nia Jax being bobbed off, off the apron, that was really well put together, uh, excellently sold. Uh, I just I tweeted out, yo, Nia dead. Like, that was <laughs> ridiculous, uh, she, the way she took that. Everything was, was really, really well put together. Uh, there were only a few things that I thought was, like, was interesting booking, like, I thought that maybe you have Emma win tonight because you, you know Asuka's coming in early off of maybe she's cleared early and she could have this thing tomorrow. But when you say she's not coming back until TLC, I thought, okay, maybe you have Nia take it. She just runs rampant for a few weeks. And then at TLC, you have Asuka show up and clock Nia. But like I said on Monday, with Alexa retaining, that's the thing I can see the least. Like... Yes, we've seen what, what Alexa is as champ. And more of that is fun, but I don't know where we progress. Yeah, it'll be fun to see her lose to Asuka eventually. Um, there was some cool stuff between Sasha and Bailey, like breaking up each other's pinfalls. I wanted there to be more tension there. Like, hey, what are you doing? Like, I wanted more of that. And then to have Bailey take the pin... Like, it just conjures up memories of, of, of Alexa Bliss beating her with a kendo stick back in June. Like, it, just, it conjures up memories of, of Bailey just being this, you know, the, the punching bag. And I just don't know how to book her right. 
Um, she was great in this match. I just wish that they figured out a way to, to do something with her that doesn't make me feel really sad when I watch her. Up next, Roman Reigns defeated John Cena. Now, I hear that John Cena put over Roman Reigns forever on Raw Talk right afterwards, which uh, I'll tell you all right now, it's not Cena's last match, and if it were Cena's last match, he ain't going on Raw Talk afterwards. I guarantee right. you that. I got the feeling early both of these guys were going to get potatoed, but it really didn't seem like that. Uh, Cena left the ring, which wasn't a part of anything that was supposed to happen. Reigns, and Cena's been doing that a lot lately, where he kind of just does his own thing, not planned, calls absolutely everything in the ring, and that's that's his deal. It's fine. Reigns punches him real hard to start the match. Cena was selling, like, comically – but then he would bump his ass off for every – like if Roman Reigns breathed in his general direction, he was bumping hard, like really, really hard. It was a super slow match until Cena countered the Superman punch with an STF. Reigns sells like that he's tired, but he had been beating Cena's ass like the entire match, like the entire thing. Reigns kicks out of an AA, gets a big reaction. Minutes go by, a super AA – kick out, got an even bigger reaction. It really felt like they were doing what they just needed to do to get the crowd, which wasn't a whole lot because of who they were. But a spear from Roman on the table, man, that was that was a scary spot. He landed flat on his head. That was kind of terrifying. Cena does a couple of AAs, rolls through on the second, which I thought was really cool. Roman kicks out, another big reaction, spear, pin. This is a good match. Not a classic to me by any stretch, but it was an okay match. It was really, really slow-paced. But, I mean, that's apparently all they needed to do. They had the crowd the whole time. Alex, what did you think? This is the beginning of this pay-per-view going off the rails for me. Um, I didn't care. Like, how because, do you like – Because you're A-train? Because I'm A-train. Off the rails? Off the rails, off the tracks. Um, uh it was it was it was too slow. Like uh, like silly Cena is fun and I laugh at him, but then I'm like, dude, you're the worst. Get back in the ring. Stop playing with the crowd. Like like this is supposed to be this main event of mania caliber match, and then like aha, I'm gonna leave. Just kidding. Like whatever. Um, and then it was just back to the worst version of Roman Reigns, Invincible Roman. Like AA, obviously you kick out of the first AA. Super AA, kick out of that. Okay. Well, really, we saw the worst version of Cena, too, the right. not-taking-it-serious Cena. Sure, exactly. He ain't walking out of the match. Like, right. come exactly. on. Exactly, yeah. We got, um, we're supposed to believe that. Sure. Uh, and then you, you do the thing where, like, oh, you're going to AA me through the table? Just kidding. I'm going to get off of you, take one step, and spear you through the table, and it's going to look like, you know, I've just been shot out of a cannon. And then the double AA – one and then roll through into another and then kick out of that one too. And I, I can't help but be reminded of when he's like being, he's in the accolade from Rusev with a chain wrapped around his, his mouth and he just stands up with Rusev on his back and then wins the match. It's just this thing of like, well, yes, we understand that you're going to put him over and he's going to win the match because he's Roman Reigns. Just don't do it as though he was being bombarded by gamma rays and he's like the incredible Hulk. Like that, I just, I can't, takes me out of it. I'm like, okay, great. We know you're going to win. Do you have to insult our intelligence at the same time? Um, 
we'll talk about the end after the after the match was over. But it just doesn't make make any sense to me to do it that way. Like you're not going to get Roman Reigns over by having him kick out of four AAs. It just yay we, we've already, seen it before. You know, I think he was maybe more over before than he was after because yeah. you did the the John Cena raising his hand thing. Hey, we've been there. Yeah. If it doesn't work when The Rock does it, it ain't going to work when Cena does it. Nope. Cena left in. You said, is he going to leave his jorts in the ring? Uh, <laughs> That's what he was acting like. He was yeah, acting like it was over. We all knew it wasn't. It was. It's not over. It's not over. Oh, Annie Bowart. What do you think of this match? I really wished it was a gear match and whoever lost had to burn their ring gear. That would have been the only thing that got this over for me. The build-up, I was always dubious on the promos, but by the end, it convinced me that this could be something. Initially, Cena was selling this like he was Shawn Michaels about to face Hulk Hogan. It, and then it just didn't make any sense that Cena was being ragdolled around from quite early on, but we've seen Cena. We know what he can do in a ring, and he should not have looked like that so early on from so little. It got to the point where I was kind of waiting for someone to run in because it was so slow. And it just didn't really make any sense. Part of me was thinking, okay, well, is this the kids' match? Especially given at the end he went out and gave that little boy his armband and everything. But even that doesn't make sense. It just, yeah, they went backwards. Reigns was actually kind of getting over with those promos. And he was still doing it slightly in the ring when Cena was lying there on the ground doing absolutely nothing because apparently he didn't get enough sleep the night before. But see, Reigns is there kind of dragging him verbally, just looking down at him like, oh, you know, where's your mic now? Which is all great, except we could barely hear that. The crowd definitely couldn't hear that. Like that is the stuff that will get this guy over, not him kicking out of a super AA or, you know, double well, AA. It's just. I listened to John Cena on Edge and Christian show, which we've got stories up on all week saying uh, the amount of complacency is astounding. And I'm like, really, is it? Is it astounding? Because I don't know oh, that it right. is. Like, I see, I see super talented people like Rusev who are being talented on and yeah. entertaining on social media and stepping out. I'm seeing Sasha Banks speak out repeatedly in interviews, like over and over and over again. I'm seeing Daniel Bryan speak out over and over again in interviews. I think that he has a warped perception. And, okay, so when I did research for the Muhammad Hassan story, there was a funny story that I was told about Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle sometimes wouldn't realize, hey, I'm Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist, one of the greatest wrestlers in the entire world. So he tells Muhammad Hassan, hey, man, Eddie Guerrero is using the camel clutch. That's your finish. You should probably tell him to to not do it, and he was serious, not ribbing him. Eddie Guerrero's father invented the move. <laughs> so how do you think Eddie Guerrero reacted? He didn't take it too well. But Kurt Angle in his head, he wasn't trying to rib, although that would be an all-time classic rib in the history of wrestling, go tell Eddie Guerrero that he can't use his dad's move. But he thinks that everybody is on his level. I don't really think that John Cena is that naive to the business. This isn't, I mean, this was Kurt Angle 
probably a little messed up at the time. Right. Hurt angle compared to John Cena, crafty veteran, saying, oh, there's complacency and nobody stands up. And then in the same breath said, well, the worst thing that can happen is Vince fires you. Oh, oh, that's he's a thing. Been, he's being company man by saying that kind of crap. Look at what they just did with the Cruiserweights, that entire division, and Enzo goes over. These, well, these I mean, guys, Enzo, they're not complacent. Enzo's improved their numbers, like, categorically. And for Enzo being as wild backstage as he is, he does he invests a ridiculous amount of time and money into his own character and into his own work. Like, he does that. Yeah, my point is, though, there are a bunch of guys and girls working their asses off backstage, in-ring, but they're not going to get a spot, no matter how hard sure. they try, because creative just don't see it in them. So I think that's bullshit for him to turn around and say it's complacency. Maybe for some of them, but definitely from what I know, and which isn't much, but it's that's not the case. Sure. Enzo Amore defeated Neville to become the WWE Cruiserweight Champion. He looked like either Beetlejuice or the Hamburglar. I like that they had Vic calling this match. Enzo is getting better every week working with the Cruiserweights. He does a really cool stomp out of the corner when Neville catches his foot that I liked a lot. Enzo would do a bunch of athletic spots, and then when he was done flipping or skinning the cat, Neville would kick him in the face (laughs) and put a stop to it. For some reason, Neville's on the top rope, and Alex explained this one to me. He's on the top rope, and he doesn't do a red arrow. Like, I don't know, to punish the crowd? Yeah. You but want me to do it. down so to I'm the second rope to. and does a Phoenix splash. Yep. <clears throat> um, that was stupid. But it was. It was stupid. Uh, he, he got down onto the second rope and then taunted the crowd with his back to Enzo so he didn't see Enzo move, so he would do the Phoenix splash. And miss it. Um, this was stupid. The whole thing was stupid. All the way until the end, when Enzo gets out, is thrown out of the ring over the barricade, and he comes up with the cruiserweight belt. And the ref stops the count. For whatever I reason. I don't understand why. Is, that, is there something in the rule book? I, Sean, you bought the rule book. Could you find the rule book to tell us? Can tell you this, there ain't a damn thing in the rule book. Here's the here's the answer to your question, Alex. If you ask me, is there something in the rule book? The answer is ain't a damn thing in the rule book unless it's about whether you can wear shades in the ring or not, which you're not allowed to do, by the way. Uh, okay. So he's what what's the ref at? Like eight and a half? And all of a sudden he just stops counting. And Enzo is out there for another full ten count at least. Just holding on to the cruiserweight championship belt and he gets back in the ring and the ref's like you better put that down right now you put that belt down and then he does and then ref has to like carry it over out of the ring and then enzo kicks neville in the balls and then enzo wins and then the he had great before that though it was an awesome ddt the ddg as he insists on calling yeah. it is great <laughs> It's really that ain't good. an easy move to pull off either. No, like, it's, it's impressive. Very good. It's very good. It is the one move with any difficulty to it that Enzo Amore can pull off. That can't be true. Watch any of his matches. That's that's basically it. Um, it's it's it was very good. Um, and yet he didn't win with that. He won with a kick to the balls. And the babyface commentator, commentator Vic, whatever his name is, 
putting him over is like, oh, wow, Enzo Amore is the champion. And you have to have, like, like, so I don't, I don't get it. Like, he's the baby face, right? But he cheats to win. So are we happy? Because the guy. Eddie made a good career, that man. But I mean, but but that's not what Enzo's doing. Enzo's not like, ah, I lie, I cheat, I steal. He's not that guy. He's not that guy. He's a, <laughs> I did a little bit. No, because he doesn't come out and say, I lie, I cheat, I steal. He comes out and says, I, I, I win because I'm good. And then he doesn't. Because I mean, to be honest, like if I left my cell phone backstage, I wouldn't doubt that I would come back and he'd have a USB plugged up to his laptop going through all my shit. Right. Like, you know, I, that's, that's how I take him as a character. Uh, Anna, your thoughts on the Cruiserweight title match? <laughs> yeah. Okay, look, I understand from a marketing point of view and Enzo has brought them numbers and he is the main roster guy that is going to, for them, pull up the division and that is, we'll see what happens with the title on him if that happens. But having watched 205 from the beginning and knowing what those guys on that roster can do, this is frustrating as hell. Maybe they will make something of this. Maybe this would just be Enzo will be the thing that takes them to the next level in terms of viewership and then it will explode from there. I get it. Initially, 205, the storylines were dog shit, but they have gotten it to a point where it's it's pretty decent now and the guys are doing some great work. So from that point of view, this pisses me off. Um, and just he comes out, starts his promo, and it's usual Enzo stuff. Yeah, but he's he's bragging on about Neville being ugly, and you know Neville doesn't have a girl, and it's just his girl is the title, and he's gonna steal your girl. I'm like, dude, just self awareness. Can't keep his own by the sounds of it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, whatever. That's something else. It's just we'll we'll see. Um, I'm gonna wait and see what happens with this, but for the sake of the roster, I'm not happy. I think my my the the way to distill my my frustration with this goes back to the fact that this division came out of the Cruiserweight Classic, which is still to this day my favorite piece of anything the WWE has ever done. I love the Cruiserweight Classic, and it was all based on which guy is better in the ring, and then it, and now it's come down to this dude who sucks in the ring and comes out and says, "Hey, you're ugly." And then he wins. That's not what I. That's not what I. What I loved about two hundred five live from the very beginning, and that's why I'm kind of like, gosh, this is not for me anymore. This used to be a show for me. It's not a show for me anymore, and that's kind of sad. From, yeah, in a selfish and, way. In a selfish way. Well, it's it's gone from Neville versus Aries matches. Yeah. To this and it's just it is something completely different than what they've been selling us since and the beginning. If we never get our Neville versus Cedric for the belt match or our Neville versus Mustafa Ali for the belt match, because now we gotta have Enzo Amore kick Cedric in the balls next month. Like I'm gonna be so pissed. Braun Strowman defeated by Brock Lesnar in a WWE Universal Championship match. Uh, this was underwhelming to me. Yes, people have stuffed Brock Lesnar's takedowns before, and it would have meant a lot more had Corey Graves not three matches before said, Bailey just stuffed Nia Jackson's takedown. Bummer. Bummer. 
I thought tonight was the night to make Braun the champ. He took a German suplex, no-selled it, choke-slammed and power-slammed Lesnar for two. Lesnar being able to do a standing guard with a double wrist slot makes Strowman even more horrifying, but what was particularly horrifying was the ref not saying, hey, that's a rope break. Yep. Because he's holding on to the rope. Few power slams and a lazy pin from Braun, but this, like, it was an unusually lazy pin by Braun. Like, he looked and said, uh, Brock, you're probably not where you're supposed to be. What are you doing? Because it looked like something missed here. Now, I'm not going to say this for sure, but what it looked like was Braun was, pro- or Brock was probably supposed to roll towards the ropes to avoid having to eat the pin. And Braun rolled over onto him and was probably like, Hey, man, you got to kick out. By the way, it's time for the finish. Let's go home. That's what happened. Not, I mean, Braun gets over by tearing shit up. There was not shit to tear up here. Anna, what would you think about the decision to put Brock over and the match itself? I didn't think Braun was winning the belt, but I thought it would be a DQ finish. This just this was in the second match tonight where the, the story that they told in the ring did not match the promos leading up to it. It's WrestleMania just, caliber. But that, don't that. sell it like that as well. That was, you know, that's my issue with calling it that repeatedly because, well, it wasn't. Both of them weren't. And this was just, it really does feel like something went wrong because it was kind of like, oh, and now it's done. This was not the Braun Strowman match that we have come to know. This is not a Brock Lesnar match that we come to know. And, what they set up at the last pay-per-view and all those promos in between, this should have been epic. This should have been Alex and I sitting here with tears streaming down our face at how beautiful it was. But this was so underwhelming and just the only saving grace for me from this was Heyman selling at ringside that Brock's entire career was dependent on this match. That's the only real thing I got from this. I don't know if it did too much damage to Strowman, but it just didn't really do anything for anyone. Alex. What a fucking waste this match was. Like we're gonna get us demonetized, don't say that. Okay, what a what a terrible waste this this was. Um gosh, I was so excited for this match. And it was it was started out really hot, you know, like like he, he, he break, he, he, like I love that thing Booker T says. We're less than a minute into this match, and Brock is already on Plan C. That's how you sell this thing. And I was yeah. like, great. Now I want to see what this is. And if Plan C was the Kimura, that's excellent. That's a cool thing to do. But as soon as Brock Braun reaches for that rope and grabs it while he's standing, and the ref doesn't do anything, and Braun just stands there holding the rope. And none of the commentators say anything about it. I'm like, what? now you guys have screwed up. You've screwed up. Either Braun wasn't supposed to go for the ropes that way, or the... He wasn't. I mean, like, that's... Well, obviously, but, like, it's... But but to the layman watching at home, who says every time somebody grabs a rope, isn't that a, isn't that a rope break? And nobody says anything? Like, we're all going, what's going on? This is all stupid. So, that's fine. Do you want to sell that that hurt arm? They could have even said that's his surgically repaired elbow. They could have given it that kind of a thing. Um, But they didn't. Not that I heard. Um, And then he gets German suplex a bunch of times, which is, you know, Brock spamming the German suplex thing is the thing that people who hate him love to hate on. And then you gave them that so they could hate on this match. 
that was that was a really smart thing for you to do. And then, you know, Brock is a couple of power slams, the lazy pinfall, like you called, and then boom, one F5, it's over. And I'm thinking, is that it? I actually left the room to go fill my water bottle for our little uh, discussion here because I thought there was at least five minutes left in this match. While I was out of the room for 30 seconds, it ended. And I was like, what? And I went back, rewatched, rewound and saw it. And I was like, that was it? And then you have Braun roll out of the ring forlorn and sad and broken. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, is Vince doing this thing like, well, you think he's a baby face? When baby faces lose, they get sad. <laughs> and that's like, yeah, but not this guy. Not this guy. Like to me, to me, they've done they've done damage to Braun now because I'm not. I don't, because, I, I don't think so. Roman Reigns beat him, and he was all right. But no, but Roman Reigns beat him because because he took a flying leap off the top rope and landed wrong. Like this, he just got bested by another man who was better than him, and that's we've never seen that be Braun. Like he didn't. Even, and what was better than him? One finish. You gotta have I mean, him kick out of the first F five. You gotta have him kick out of the first F five, Sean. Just said that about Samoa Joe too, and Samoa Joe was all right before he left too. Like it, it's Brock Lesnar. He's gonna be all right. He's gonna come out in a week or two. He's gonna tear up a bunch of shit. People are gonna want him again. But here's the unfortunate thing: WWE sees that the crowd is behind him, and now it's like they think well, the way to get more people behind him is to the chase, the chase. This is the guy. That could have, I don't want to say the Hulk Hogan run, but could be the champ and is the guy that creates the big fight feel that's there every single month. That's there all the time that whoever you put up against him, well, can this guy beat Braun? Can this guy beat Braun? What's this guy going to do to try to beat Braun? Not what we got. And you guys talked a lot, so I'm running late on the show. That was no mercy. That was no mercy. Anna, you watched, uh, did you watch Ring of Honor Friday? Yeah. Yes, I did. I liked it. I know that it was a mixed reaction from a lot of people who'd seen it consistently. That was my first Ring of Honor show. And yeah, there was a couple of, there was, it was a mixed card. um, But the matches that delivered, delivered. Um, Young versus Jay Lethal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I suggest zip tied to a ladder and put through a table. That was insane. Silas Young, I think, has one of the great characters in pro wrestling. I thought it was very clever the way that they incorporated being the elite into the the Ring of Honor show because that is super over right now, and they capitalized on it. Hangman Page's moonsault when he was bound was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Very impressive. Incredibly impressive. And they were able to, you know, the Young Bucks had to pull double duty. They lost their tag team championships, but they retained the six-man titles. You had Jay Briscoe turning on Bully Ray. Uh, Punishment Martinez, who I spoke to last week for a Fightful Exclusive, defeated Jay White. That was good stuff. Punishment Martinez is a guy who admitted – his name. Yeah, he admitted in interviews this, like, recently, like, his own attitude kept him out uh, from getting a big deal before, and now he's trying to make up for lost time. So great performance out of him. Uh, Cody Rhodes is one of my, while he hasn't always lived up to it in the ring necessarily outside the ring, man, that guy is a genius. He's always one step ahead of the game. Like he's setting up a match in a year with Daniel Bryan right now. 
he does like he's so good on the mic and uh he's he's very special outside WWE but also there was uh New Japan and Juice Robinson versus Kenny Omega that was a good match worth you all going and watching anybody who says New Japan doesn't have stories needs to go watch the Juice Robinson Kenny Omega matches the first one and this one and the story of Kenny Omega and his knee that was good stuff. Also, uh, good to see Killer Elite Squad back. Davey Boy Smith Jr., Lance Hoyt, they won the tag team championships. So that happened as well. We had a big story, big series of stories this weekend about the WWN and Flow Slam situation. Basically, the situation is WWN, maybe not telling the truth about their numbers. Flow Slam found out, sued, and then kicked off. WWN from their from their Flow Slam network. Now Flow Slam has a $20 service with one event planned through the end of the year. That ain't gonna last long. Um I mean there were a lot of people who passed on that Flow Slam gig, Rob McCarron being one that uh you all can actually go back on the members only show and listen to his reasoning, but I mean, he went there, he took a look at the business plan, and he said, thanks, but no thanks. So it's a bummer to see that, but there are services like Powerbomb.tv that are, that are working very, very well. And they jumped on that and said that anybody with a Flow Slam subscription gets six months off of their uh, service. So, hey, I, I used uh, High Spots, too. High Spots has some good stuff. You can watch all the PWG shows on High Spots. Lots of interviews, things like that. So there are other services. Impact wants to launch their own. That progress. that'll be, yeah. Well, I mean, progress. There, a lot of their stuff is on uh, on uh, high spots. Playboy, demand progress. So have their own their own stuff, including now Melbourne City Wrestling. Let's put a plug out there. There you go. There you go. Um, NWA finalizing their sale. Hopefully, probably within the next week. So their streaming service died. So it, it, we're about to get to the point, though, guys. Like like Alex, a few years ago. 2013, you're paying 50, 55 bucks for a WWE pay-per-view. Now you can get WWE Network, High Spots Wrestling Network. You will be able to get Impact's Network. You'll be able to get Powerbomb TV and UFC Fight Pass if you want it for less than people or New Japan World instead of Fight Pass, but for less than one WWE pay-per-view. That's that's solid, and there are more places to work right now than any time period, even with the evolve issues. So that's yeah, that's pretty good, Alex. Yeah, no, it's it's decent. I remember back in the early two thousands where we had a we had one buddy who got the WWE pay per view uh, every month, and we would all come over and pitch in and get pizza. Uh, and the idea that like you know. For the amount for that amount of money, you'd have all of that as, at your fingertips all the time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's it's kind of crazy to think of, um, especially when you know we would say, "Hey, did you remember that match from three months ago?" No, nah, I missed it. Oh well, now you'll never get to see it unless you bought the VHS tape or whatever it was. So now it's like just like, oh no, I, the thing like, yeah, I'm I got I got to get caught up on NXT. I'm gonna get, catch up this weekend, and you watch everything that happened over the last three months. You know, that, that kind of a thing. It's just a, it's a crazy world we live in as a wrestling fan. There is literally too much content. <laughs> Anna, tell the people where they can follow you. At Anna Bowett, B-A-U-E-R-T. Alex. At 
Palowski the fourth. Also, you all can uh, head over to the Fightful.com forums. The latest topic is, I bet Alex is triggered. Actually, it's misspelled. It says, I bet Alex it's triggered. Or triggered. No, it's triggered. T-R-I-G-E-R-E-D. Triggered. Triggered. Come on, Alan. Alan, come on, man. Head over there. Do our, <laughs> Check out our contest. We have the post-Raw show every Monday, post-Smackdown every Tuesday. Our flagship shows, the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. The list and your boy, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. If you all haven't checked out uh, the Holy Smokes MMA podcast, even if you're not an MMA fan, give it a shot. We interact heavily there. We did a show last night covering uh, UFC Japan and Bellator 183. My mic had a little issue, but it's still worth a listen. But follow me at Sean Ross at, Follow us at Fightful.com. Like I said, thank you guys so much for the support. Get over there. Interact with us on those forums and in the comments of those stories. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, we're out. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save-